It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor, 50-pin place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. And if you enjoy the Locked on Thunder podcast, then I would ask that you would listen in your car. Just tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. And we're a perfect company either on your way to work or on your way home for that drive. Or maybe when you're just going to the bar to watch the Thunder play during a road game like tonight with the Indiana Pacers. You can listen anytime, and I just want to tell you that I'm designing this podcast, so if you don't get to it before the Pacers game, most of the topics are what we call evergreen in broadcasting terms, so you can listen either before the game or after the game, and hopefully you'll enjoy it just as much either way. And remember, you can always subscribe on Apple iTunes, and there's also Stitcher and Spotify and LockedOnPodcast.com to find the Locked On Thunder podcast. And don't forget about Sooner Maven, or excuse me, Thunder Maven. (laughs) I run another website called Sooner Maven, but don't forget about Thunder Maven where we post this every single day. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook and how he is not truly being appreciated for everything he accomplished. And I will tell you that also this is sort of the stuff we didn't get to in last night's podcast. We're kind of making up for that today. And one thing we didn't talk about was Russell Westbrook getting his 130th triple-double and how it's being pushed off to the side for other things going on in the NBA right now. And it's even being pushed off to the side here in Oklahoma City but why it shouldn't, and also why Russell Westbrook's accomplishments, there I can speak, uh, Russell Westbrook's accomplishments are putting more pressure on Sam Presti to validate his career. We'll talk about maybe when it's a good time to sit Paul George because after last night's comments, it's becoming very obvious that George isn't healthy and you want him to be as close to 100% as you can get him for the playoffs, so how do you manipulate that? Very tough decision for Billy Donovan. And then we'll talk about Deontay Burton's role for Oklahoma City. Markeith Morris out again against the Pacers tonight. How much will we see Deontay Burton against the Pacers? And what role can he really accept for Oklahoma City? And I'll even talk about how Billy Donovan is too nice to his players in the media, and why that's actually a good thing, even though it drives me crazy every once in a while. And then we'll talk about the fact that now is about the best time as you can have to get Golden State, who comes into town on Saturday. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I run the website, Thunder Maven. I am a credentialed member of the media, and I've been hosting this podcast for a year. 
So if you like what you hear, go to themaven.net slash thunder and keep subscribing to the Locked on Thunder podcast and please tell your friends about it. The NBA media and the NBA fans have completely lost their appreciation for Russell Westbrook, us included here in Oklahoma City. Nowhere after last night's win over the Brooklyn Nets, so obviously you can tell we recorded this on Thursday, was Russell Westbrook ever the lead story? Kyler Murray's pro day, or practice as it could be called, was probably leading most local newscasts yesterday when it it came to sports and certainly was the big talk on sports radio. And then when it came to the NBA yesterday, well, actually when it came to overall lead stories yesterday, the Odell Beckham trade, pretty big, and I get it, the NFL's king. Kyler Murray's media day figured in there. And then if it got to the NBA, you were talking about the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets. And what you were really focusing on was the drama surrounding the Golden State. You weren't really talking about what they could accomplish on the floor. And here's Russell Westbrook recording his 26th triple-double of this season. And the next closest guy to him is 12. And he's the fourth or fifth story. And what's happening to Russell Westbrook is sort of the same thing that happened to Lance Armstrong prior to Lance Armstrong getting caught for steroids. And you got to say prior. When Lance Armstrong was in the midst of racking up all his Tour de France titles, we just completely kind of, we started blowing it off because it was like, it was just a given. It's like, okay, tell me something I don't know. Um, Lance Armstrong wins Tour de France. Okay, what's the big deal? There were no more angles to spin on it. And I think that's what's happened to the media is that there are no more angles to spin on Russell Westbrook. So therefore, they're not really going to talk about him making history and being the only player in the NBA who's ever averaged a triple-double three years in a row. It's just not going to have any sort of effect on anybody at all. He's also getting a little bit of the Barry Bonds treatment in the fact that Russell Westbrook is seeing as a guy that's amassing all these numbers, but in a sense, there's a lot of people looking at him as if they're fake because the perception is, is that's all Russell cares about is the numbers. And why, why I bring this up, why I say this is so important is because this is starting to put an immense amount of pressure on Sam Presti And eventually, it'll start working its way into the locker room and putting pressure on Billy Donovan and Paul George if it isn't already putting a lot of pressure on Billy Donovan. Because what Sam Presti faces now, between now and the end of Russell Westbrook's career, is he has to legitimize Westbrook's career by getting him a championship. Because it doesn't matter that Russell Westbrook last night was really the guy that was carrying Oklahoma City for the first half of that game and at one point scoring 15 points while everybody else, and I mean everybody else on that team, um, had. well actually it was Russell Westbrook had scored 10, everybody else had scored a grand total of 5. And the Thunder were in a hole. It doesn't matter that Russell Westbrook hit hit essentially the game-winning shot with 4.52 left to make it a 187 game on a step-back 26-foot three-pointer that just demolished and took any sort of enthusiasm or any sort of of whatever the Nets had in them last night. None of that matters because until Russell Westbrook wins a championship, 
until Russell Westbrook somehow proves on that stage that he can be selfless and he can raise up a guy like Paul George and make guys like Terrence Ferguson and Jeremy Grant better, then it's just strictly going to be about numbers. And one thing you've got to take into account is Russell can only control so much in winning a championship. So why do I say there's pressure on Sam Presti? Because from now until the next three seasons, because that's all the window you really have for Oklahoma City, considering Grant's contract, Adam's contract, and Paul George's contract, you've got three years to win a championship. Three years to figure out a way to get enough help for Russell Westbrook so when he is amassing all these numbers, people who people who essentially write the narrative of the NBA give their stamp of approval. Not that it matters to Russell Westbrook, and, and I don't know that it necessarily matters. No, it does matter. I'm going to say that it matters to Oklahoma City Thunder fans. Because Thunder fans want Russell Westbrook to be mentioned in the same breath as you would mention a Steph Curry or a LeBron James or especially a Kevin Durant. And right now, Russell's not there. He is he is that level below that. Um, Giannis is probably that level below that, but will probably get above that level if he somehow wins the MVP this year. And there's a very good chance that he's going to win the MVP this year and It'll either be him or James Harden or Paul George. But that's what Thunder fans want to see. Thunder fans just want Russell Westbrook to get the appreciation he deserves. And the only way that's going to happen is if somehow Russell Westbrook can win a championship here in the next few years, which means, Sam Presti, all eyes are on you. You now have to figure out a way to get that done. Paul George saying last night after the game, again, we were recording this on Thursday just prior to um, the Pacers game, that now his left shoulder's hurt. <laughs> okay, so you've you you've you've dealt with the right shoulder. Now you're dealing with the left shoulder. You found your offense last night. So first the first thing that tells me is what we saw last night with Paul George shooting 50% from the field. I'm not expecting that to happen against the Pacers. I'm not expecting that to happen uh, against the Golden State Warriors. And if you're listening to this after the Pacer game, maybe it did. Maybe Paul George was extremely efficient tonight. And, and had um, ha- had a game that, that's worthy of, of just putting him in the Hall of Fame now. But not only is it not only is what we saw last night going to be an anomaly is what that tells me and that he's not going to be efficient, but that means the Thunder still have to figure out ways to generate offense without him being productive. And no matter how productive Paul George is on defense, which the Thunder need, they really need him to score and we saw that over that stretch where the Thunder struggled losing six of nine games that you don't have that kind of, you just cannot make up for his kind of offense because everybody else sans Russ is just too inconsistent on a night to night basis. The other thing it tells me is that you're going to, you need him to be 100% for the playoffs. So you're going to have to manipulate the schedule a little bit and figure out where to rest Paul George so he can be as close to 100% as possible. And I'm thinking May, or not May, but March 31st, I think you play the Grizzlies, and then you follow that up on April 2nd by playing the Lakers, and that's only two games off. And and, and the, the whole problem with the Thunder and trying to manipulate when you're going to let Paul George off is you've got to find teams that you can outscore without Paul George being on the floor. 
because one game is going to make a difference as far as where you're seeding and who you're playing in that first round of the playoffs. And right now, it'd be a very tough matchup against the San Antonio Spurs. And even though I think the Thunder would beat the Spurs four games out of seven, the last time I saw these two teams play, it was the Spurs that came out with a win. So I don't take anything for granted there whatsoever. And coming up in the third segment today, I'm going to tell you why I disagree with Billy Donovan when it comes to the whole season series thing and why that actually does or can play a factor in how a team performs in the postseason. So we'll get to that in the third segment. Coming up in the second segment, what exactly is Deontay Burton's role here in Oklahoma City and how much confidence does he have after getting his full-fledged contract? We'll tell you next on Locked on Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Eric G, and if you like this podcast, you'll probably like um, Locked On Sooners. Okay, maybe you're not a Sooners fan, but you would probably like Locked On NBA or Locked On Fantasy if you're playing fantasy, and both of those can be found at LockedOnPodcast.com, or better yet, just tell your smart device to play us in your car. Just say, play the Locked On Fantasy Podcast or the Locked On NBA Podcast. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Against the Brooklyn Nets, we got an opportunity to see Deontay Burton go in and play 15 minutes and score seven points. Okay, not bad at all. The reason he's here is for defensive purposes. And the only reason he was playing last night was because Markeith Morris was injured and Markeith Morris is going to be out for this Indiana Pacers game. And Billy Donovan said last night after the game that the reason Burton went in for Markeith Morris instead of playing Patrick Patterson was because the Nets ran three guards a lot of the times and he just felt like it set up for his skill set. Well, I think we've already established in this in this podcast that Deontay Burton's skill set is pretty massive. He's a guy that can guard multiple positions. So I'm going to call a little BS there on Billy Donovan because I know Deontay Burton can go out and guard just about anybody you tell him to guard unless you're putting him at the five spot. And sometimes the four is going to be a little bit difficult depending on just how much how much smaller he is than the guy he's going to have to face during that particular game. So I'm going to call a little BS on that. Um, I think... I really think Billy was trying to accomplish in that game was one, just to get Burton on the floor, get him used to playing because he's going to be an essential part of the thunder in the playoffs because you're going to need defensive stoppers. You're going to need guys to go in and just make sure you can keep somebody at bay in when, and we can almost guarantee this when Paul George gets into foul trouble, when Russell Westbrook gets into foul trouble or those guys just need rest. Defense becomes a lot more important because the Thunder don't score consistently enough off the bench 
to really give you any confidence that the bench is going to come blow the doors off anyone. Um, matter of fact, the only guy that does is Dennis Schroeder, and we've already talked about that ad nauseum here on this podcast. So his role, defensive stopper, his role is also falling into that category of just go in and play wherever I tell you to play. And go in and essentially, right now, you're depth. You've got a chance to be more than depth next year, but right now you're just added depth. And with your skill set, I can manipulate you and play you wherever I want, so, it, so it's just a good thing for Billy Donovan. And what Billy Donovan didn't say by saying by answering Maddie Lee's question in, in that press conference was, I don't trust Patrick Patterson. I don't trust him to come off the bench and play defense. I certainly don't trust him to score. There's really no reason to have him out there, and I'd rather go with a guy that might be a little undersized in some matchups than I would have some guy that physically may be a better fit for who he's going to have to play on the defensive end. That's what Billy Donovan didn't say last night, is that he didn't trust Patrick Patterson. Now, as honest as I wish Billy Donovan would be in those situations, it's a great thing that he's not that honest in those situations which is one of the reasons why guys like to play for the Thunder. Remember Pat Riley? Pat Riley used to do this. Phil Jackson did this, uh, especially later in his career. Phil Jackson did this, is they would motivate guys through the media. Instead of handling it through closed doors, when they felt like there needed to be a message gotten across, they were going to go that extra mile and call someone out. Now, Billy has been honest about guys, uh, now, I say he's not completely honest, but I okay, I'm kind of backtracking here. He was a little honest about Alex Sabrinas when Sabrinas wasn't really playing defense, and he was sort of honest about Anthony Morrow. And if you can handle it as tactful as Billy Donovan does, and you can be a little diplomatic in that situation, guys will have more respect for you because the perception is, is that you're handling things behind closed doors and you're not going to embarrass them on a national stage, which might actually hurt if you're trying to deal someone or they're a free agent trying to go someplace else. Now, granted, it is the NBA, and stuff will get out anyway. But you, as a coach, one of your big, one of your one of the biggest things you have to do in the NBA is manage personalities. This is a great way to manage personalities because you are showing guys that hey, I at least care about you enough not to make an example of you in public and cause any sort of embarrassment uh, that ultimately might damage your career or even the credibility with inside your own locker room. Because you can, you can do it on a closed-door basis, and everybody pretty much knows what's going on, but once you go that step farther, and, and I've talked to athletes about this, all of a sudden, once a coach has decided to do that, you can start to feel the beginning of the end come for that particular player if, in fact, he's not a guy that fits into um, the superstar kind of role, say, like Russell Westbrook and Paul George. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. I'm going to tell you up next. I'm going to tell you next why Billy Donovan is not completely wrong, but certainly not completely right when he says he puts no stock into what happens during a season series. We'll talk about that here on Locked on Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, 
helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And the best way to listen to the Locked On Thunder Podcast is listen every single day in your car. Just ask your smart device to play us. Um, You can play Locked On Sooners if you're an OU fan. You can go Locked On Dolphins, which is really popular and probably a lot of fun to listen to right now. And I would even think Locked On Giants is really good, um, especially with Kyler Murray maybe having an opportunity to get drafted by the G-Men. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Billy Donovan said after the Utah, after the win in Utah the other night that he doesn't put a whole lot of stock into winning a season series or sweeping a season series. And his reasons, look, his reasons were very sound because the NBA schedule is is strange. Guys may be sitting out, guys may be hurt. Uh, you may be coming off the second of a back-to-back. You may have traveled. So how much stock can you put into it? Because the schedule, one way or another, could have been favorable to either you or your opponent. And certainly Billy Donovan can cite examples. I mean, look, there's a litany of examples. You can cite where somebody won the season series, Thunder over Utah last year, three games to one. Thunder, I think the Thunder were 4-0, and when they got knocked out by the Spurs in a six-game series, uh, losing four games to two, and that was the what was that the second second to like the it wasn't the second to last year. It was the year before Kevin Durant had got hurt. Sorry, memory's a little fuzzy. I'm off on the year, but the okay, those are two examples concerning the Thunder. But here's where I where I will disagree with Billy Donovan just a bit. It's a mental thing. And it's a big mental thing for that team to win in order to build confidence that when they step out on the floor against the team that they feel like they've dominated, then you can be in a situation like the Thunder were last night, down 17 or in November, down 23 to the Brooklyn Nets, and they're going to feel like they can come back. They're never going to feel like they're out of a game. They're never going to feel like they're out of a series. You're down two games to one. You're down three games to one. And if you've beaten a team on a regular basis, then you're going to have that attitude of it's just a matter of time before we get to them. One of the best examples of that, and this absolutely kills me to mention this, 2004 Boston Red Sox. They had beaten Mariano Rivera. I can think of one time. I think of. I think it was. Um, it was late in July. So late in July, it was right around July. I think it was July 26th. It was my anniversary. Uh, there was an extra inning game with the Yankees. A-Rod got into a fight with Veritech. I don't know why I can remember all this. But Mariano Rivera came in to close things out, and the Red Sox got him that day. And I think they got him a couple of more times on the way to the postseason. So being down three games to none... When you're bringing Mariano Rivera in in a tight ball game, if you've gotten to him, one of the one of the absolute look, the best closer in Major League history, okay, a guy that was going to run it in on you, guy that always threw in the mid to upper 90s, was going to saw off your bat, you had beaten him, you had figured out a way to beat a guy that's unbeatable, and that mentally 
is what the Red Sox kind of had over the Yankees is that, okay, yeah, you can bring him in, but we're going to find a way to beat him. You go out and you beat the Jazz in a four-game sweep. You cannot tell me that the Thunder don't own them a bit mentally right now because the Thunder have been, and the Thunder, I think, for the most part, have been more physical than the Jazz have. And the Jazz have gone out and added some three-point shooting, which is supposed to scare the hell out of the Thunder because they don't defend the three very well. And it just doesn't feel like at any... I, I don't get the sense that if those two te- if those two teams met, as physical as it could get with the Jazz, the Jazz would beat them. Maybe a six-game series, Thunder may be worn out for the next series. Thunder not going to beat them. And that's why you got to go beat Golden State on Saturday as well to give you that edge. And it's very important that Steven Adams have a great game against Boogie Cousins and not allow Boogie to have the kind of night he did against the Rockets where he went for 27 points in 27 minutes. Also had, what was it, like eight rebounds, seven assists. Those numbers may may be reversed. You have got to protect the rim as best as you can when you're Steven Adams. You've got to make life hell for him in the paint. And then if he stretches you beyond the arc, you've got to make sure that you're defending the three as best you can. You've got to have a good night against him. And you can't get caught coming out coming out to guard certain guys and then leaving the lane open like you did uh, last night against against the Nets. But Golden State, this is a time to get them because there's a lot of drama around this team. And I don't care what anyone says about Golden State being built for drama and being able to handle it. Eventually, you will crack under all that because dudes will start getting at each other's throats. And I would think I would like to think that all these guys are professional and a ring would mean more than a fight. Sometimes it doesn't take much to break. And if Oklahoma City can get in their head now, come playoff time, it could be a big boost for that series. So, yeah, Billy, you're right. You've certainly got examples, but I got examples too. And maybe him and I can talk about it later on. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow to break down the Pacers game and look ahead, of course, to GSW. And until tomorrow, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 